Hebrews 2. Are you there, verse 1? We know this one now, right? All right, let's read it together. Ready to read. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Lest we drift away. So we're talking tonight on no more drifting. This is part two of that, no more drifting. Father, thank you tonight for the word we're about to receive. We thank you for each person who's gathered here, even those who are watching us online. We ask you, Lord, for uh, your word to go forth unhindered, unchecked by an outside force that your word, Lord, would be glorified among your people, that, God, your word will have free course tonight, and that we will receive your word with meekness, knowing that it is able to save our souls, that we will receive it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, your word, which works effectively in those of us who believe. We declare tonight, we believe the word, we act on it, we live by it, we pray in Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. All right, so we're in day 66. Of our 90 days of manifestation, that leaves us, what, 24 more days for God to move supernaturally. And that's just, this is not, won't be the end of him moving. This just has just been a, a, a 90 day boot camp of sorts. You understand? God's going to move forever. I mean, we, he's, I, mean I really mean that. He's going to move forever. Manifestation is not going to stop when Jesus comes. You understand that? We're, we're training for reigning. So when we, after Jesus comes and we go into our uh, kingdom reign, millennial reign with him, there's going to be all kind of crazy, just far out manifestation of things. We'll go back to the time of seeing fruit appear after you pick it. You understand? We'll go back go to the time of us moving through walls. You'll be in Rome one day and be in being, you know, Spain the next day, not on a plane. And I shouldn't say ne the next day, I mean the next hour. You just. So we're, we're talking about, we're just practicing here. Amen. It's so all the little things we're hearing about, testimonies we're hearing, they're just, it's just good uh, uh, training ground for us. Amen. God is doing great things, demonstrating his love. I, I shared a scripture with you last Wednesday in Proverbs 28, verse 20. Uh, we know this one. I know it. It says a faithful man will abound with blessings. So we want blessings in our lives, right? This time, 90 days, is a time of, of blessings manifesting. He's doing that. But notice it says here, a faithful man will abound with blessings. So understand then the challenge during these 90 days and the challenge beyond is can you and I be faithful? The Bible says every man will, will uh, tout or talk about his own way, but a faithful man who can find. In other words, the Bible says it's hard to find somebody faithful. Are y'all listening to me? This is from what God's saying. It's hard to find people who are faithful. We're not talking about faithfulness like in your marriage, like not cheating. We're talking about just faithful just to keep doing something. Now, that's what that looks like in marriage. But I'm talking about faithful in every area of your life. Who are just going to stick to it, go through it, not quit. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. 
Why? Because I've done all these things. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. Every one of us, we have a course. God has laid out something for us. And on that course, there are all kind of um, uh, rewards that are on that course. Glory to God. Isn't it good that God, we don't have to wait till the end of the course to get our reward? Glory to God. All along the way, you pick up points. You pick up little goodies, little knickknacks, little little whatnots God gives you. Just let you know, hey, I love you and I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for serving me. Thank you for representing me properly. Thank you for being my friend. Hallelujah. That's what that bonus is. Just thank you for being my friend. You don't have to wait. You know, so many people have the, have the mindset, the mentality that you have to wait till you die to get your, or get your reward. No, when you die, you get the fullness of the reward. But all along the way, we're getting rewards. Right? Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, he's a reward of those who diligently seek him. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, cast out away your confidence. I think it's verse 35. Cast out away your confidence for it has great recompense of reward. So all along the way, we, we can get rewards. God is a rewarder God. But we have to, and the challenge is, to be faithful. And that's what uh, I believe is, is grieving the heart of God today. That his people aren't proving themselves faithful. And the grief is, is, is because more so... Because he knows that when people are unfaithful, he knows what they are forfeiting. Y'all didn't catch that. He's grieved, first of all, at the loss of fellowship. That's what hurt God the most when Adam sinned. Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? Hey, buddy. Son. Where are you? He's grieved the loss of fellowship. But then he's grieved even more at the fact that now Adam has to go out into the world and toil. He has to eat by the sweat of his brow. Whereas he could have just been eaten by speaking. Mango, come to me. <laughs> oh, you hear what I'm saying? He's, that's how he's supposed to be living. Just, just this easy Sweatless life. So God is grieved by the fact that when people are unfaithful, they forfeit the blessings, the things that God already had set up. Uh, give me, give me uh, uh, Ephesians 2 verse 10 in the Amplified. I like the Amplified cl uh, classic version on this. You listen to this here, Ephesians 2 and verse 10. Glory to God. Watch this. It says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them. And here's what happens when you walk in that good path he prepared ahead of time. Living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. So what happens, he knows when you and I walk away from that path, we walk away from the good life, which he already prearranged and made ready for us to live. Are you understanding this? Do I have any parents in here who understand what I'm talking about here? When your children deviate from the path that you're laying for them, 
Why? Because you know, you know what's on that other side. And it grieves you to see them skipping class and being a ronky donkey and not doing their work and not being obedient and all the stuff they're getting into. It, it, it grieves you. Why? Because you know what they're forfeiting. Is this making sense to anybody here? And that's what grieves the heart of God. And, and so uh, as his messenger, it grieves my heart. It grieves my heart. Second John chapter one, verse eight. I gave you this scripture here a couple weeks ago or last week. It was which says this it says, look to yourselves. This second John one, verse eight in the New King James. Look to yourselves. Check yourself out that we do not. Some translation will say you do not. In fact, we, we could re, we could really, really read it better if we were to put it all in the you. Look to yourselves that you do not lose the things you work for, but that you may receive a full reward. So there are things that you've worked for. He says, don't forfeit that. Look to yourselves. Catch yourself. So that, that tells us it's already, already we know it's possible to lose out on what you've worked for, on, things, on, on the progress that you've already made. Amen? And, and I want you to go over to Matthew in chapter 24 because we're seeing the word of God manifested. And people want to argue with you about the Bible. Is the Bible true? And did, did the white man write the Bible? Or did King James write the Bible? Or who wrote the Bible and it's not true, it's made up? All you got to do is look at is, is compare the, the, the Bible to the paper. Oh, y'all don't read the paper anymore. Uh, compare the Bible to, to the Instagram news feed. Compare the Bible to the current news. And you judge, is the Bible true or not? That's all you got to do. We don't, we, don't, we don't have to be all mystic about this and scientific. Just, just look, just compare. When you read something in the Bible and you see what it says and it tells you this will happen and this will happen. If man does this, then this will happen. And then just look at, okay, wow. So Matthew uh, 24, Matthew 24, let, let's, let's see if the Bible is true. Let's see if the Bible is true. Matthew 24. Let's prove the Bible. Matthew 24 and verse 12. In fact, I'll start at verse 11. Verse 11. What does it say? It says, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Is, are, are, what are, how are we doing so far? Are there false prophets out there? How many of them? Many. Not just a few, he said. Many. They all over YouTube. All over Facebook. They have their own Facebook churches. Many false prophets. They, they can fill up arenas with their false prophecy. Now, I'm not implying anybody that fills up arenas is a false. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that, that there, there are some out there. You got it? So he said many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. So many false prophets, many deceived. A lot of people, a lot of false prophets, and a lot of people deceived. Now, for people to be deceived, it means that at one time they were following or walking one way. You got it? Because 
the world doesn't listen to prophets at all. The world's not seeking out prophets. It's folk in the church looking for the prophets. It's folk in the church who get so spiritually deep they can't listen to their pastor no more. Now they got to find out a prophet who's going to give them a word, a special word. I can, I can write in and for $60 I can get me a word for the month. I'm going to just tell you this. I would one night, one night, one night I, I ran into this guy in the, in, the, in the restaurant. This guy, he knew me. And uh, I know him, respect him, everything. So a couple days later, a couple days later, I get this uh, text, text message, this long prophetic word. So I wake up. This is a Sunday morning. I wake up. I'm like, wow. Praise God. This, that's powerful. That's powerful. That, that prophetic word is powerful. I'm like, that's deep. I'm like, praise God. And on the inside, I heard this immediately. On, on the in, this, listen, on the inside, I'm talking about the Spirit of God, how He leads you. The Spirit of God said, Google it. Google it. It was a prophecy. Google it. Am I lying? Holy Spirit said, He said, Google it. So I copy paste the whole text, put it in Google, search. Broom, there it is. I said, what the what? The whole thing word for word. All that the person had done was put my name in it. As if it was my personal prophecy. I said, I'll be a switch. Delete. See, I'm not looking for a prophet. have a more sure word. Oh man, I'm not talking to anybody here. I have a more sure word of prophecy. I'm not running around trying to get somebody to give me a word. I need a word. I need a word. I have the word. No, I'm not against prophecy. I do not despise prophecy. I thank God for prophecy. I prophesy. As the Holy Ghost leads, as the Holy Ghost gives utterance. So I'm just telling you that it's my point, I think I was making was it's not the world that's looking for prophecies, it's the church, the body of Christ running around looking for prophecies. Yeah, so yeah, so the website I found this prophecy on well, had a prophecy for every day. Every day. And what they said, and, and they had, a, they had, a, they had a, a, a button where you could go on, and if you want to uh, give a certain dollar amount, we'll give you a certain amount of prophecies. And you can, well, if they say, and if, oh, we'll give you a one-on-one -on -one prophetic session. And if, if, but if you can't afford that, we'll give you a pre-recorded one. They had like scale, like uh, different type, different levels of, of prophetic encounters. I said, really? The body of Christ? Yep, that's what the body of Christ is doing. Tuesday five, you get a one-hour phone meeting. And, and they were booked out. So I, I, I checked the calendar because you, you, could, you could book your own appointment on there. And they were booked out through May. Booked every day solid through May. Because church folk are looking for prophecies. Just look straight ahead. Just look straight ahead.
Now, I'm not implying the guy who sent me this is a false prophet. I'm not implying. I'm just saying the Holy Ghost said, Google that. Why would I Google that? I've had people send me prophecies before. I don't never Google people's prophecies. The Holy Ghost said, Google that. <laughs> I love the Holy Ghost. I trust him. I trust him. Praise God. Verse 12. Verse 12. This is Jesus still talking, right? That's why these words are in red. I didn't make this red. This is red in the Bible, in your Bible. Notice what he says. Now, this is after people getting deceived. And because lawlessness will abound. Or King James used the word, I believe, iniquity. Iniquity, we're talking about, this isn't just sin. This is, this iniquity talks about after the heart condition of sin. Sin is more so an act, but iniquity is the heart condition. It's the mindset, the motivation behind the sin. So because iniquity or lawlessness, now we, we forget, we, we, don't, we don't need, we hate organized religion now. That's, that's law. Y'all ain't saying much, so I'll keep going. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many. What, what many is he talking about? These same many that was in verse 11. The deceived many. Many will rise up and deceive many, verse 12. Verse 12. And because lawlessness, lawless, lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. King James used the word wax. Wax, that's how I grew up on that. Wax cold. It will grow cold. It will grow cold. The love of many. Now, I'll show you this here in a minute. This isn't just, this, it, this, is, this is not just love between, you know, man and woman. This is love for God, for the things of God. So, notice, it's possible then, because it said grow cold. So, that means it was hot. Hot in love with God. Hot in love with his word. Hot in love with praise and worship. Hot in love with the people of God. Hot in love with the things of God. But it said that love now grows, waxes cold. <laughs> oh boy. And then verse 12, verse 13. But he who endures, endures. So we know we're talking about Christians then. Because there's no enduring for the world. They are they already out. So this is, he says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. So he's looking for people to not quit, to not give up, to not turn to the left or to the right. Y'all listening to me? And Jesus himself, out of his own mouth, is saying this, is, this will happen. Now, I wonder if we were to pull today's Tampa Bay Times or look at MSN or look at whatever news feed we want to look at, could we match up? Okay, maybe I'll come on this out. Could, could we match up what we're reading now with what we're seeing in the church? I guarantee you were to poll any pastor in America and they say, you preaching, Reverend. It doesn't matter. Oh no! I, this certain some these churches they blowing up. They bl blowing up with what? Blowing up with what? They blowing up because we got a rock concert every Sunday morning. We giving up, get them away donuts and coffee. Cut the donuts and coffee and tell me if they keep coming. 
make them sit and listen to the, to the word for, for more than 40 minutes. They don't have time for that because they got to go to the brunch and get the next mimosa when they go. I don't have time to be sitting in no church no 40 minutes, for an hour long. I don't have time for that. Blowing up. Is that what, what they call that thing? Mimosa? I don't, I don't, I'm, just, I'm just making up stuff. I don't know. I don't know nothing about that stuff. I, I ain't never drank in my life, so I don't know nothing about that stuff. They know online. Y'all don't know, but online they know what I'm talking about when I say Y'all don't know. Y'all are innocent, pure. But online, when I say mimosa, they know what I'm talking about. Now, wait a minute. It, it said their love will wax cold. It didn't say, it didn't say the church is going to shut down. It just said the love of many. The church can move right along. Come on now. Okay, I'll prove it. I guarantee you, you know, you know or you, you've experienced it where you were dating somebody longer than you loved them. No, y'all ain't saying. Y'all ain't saying that to me. You like, you know what? This love kind of wore off. It's, I, they, they didn't hear what I said. I gotta say it again. I said, it, I said clear. You were dating them longer than you loved them. Like, where is the love? You lost that love and feeling. Whoa, that love and feeling. You lost that love and feeling. Now it's gone, gone. Whoa. Right? It happens. It happens. Still together. So people can still be in church. Oh God, isn't that the whole reason why in the book of Revelation, Jesus is talking to one church and he says, he says, listen, listen, listen. He said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. He said, but you're being lukewarm and I, I got to spew you out of my mouth. He said, I don't like it. In other words, in other words they, they were still a church. They were still a church. But they had lost their fire. That's, that's why he said things like, return to your first love. Lest I remove your candlestick from you. Because what will happen is, eventually, I will shut you down. That's what the Lord says, eventually, I, I'm going to just shut you down. I don't, I, don't, I don't like it lukewarm. You, you, don't, you don't eat lukewarm food. You don't, you don't drink lukewarm coffee. You don't, you don't, come on now. Glory to God. He said, so love of men will wax cold, will grow cold. But he, I'm in, I'm in this butt side right here. But he, but he, Oh, y'all ain't sitting in the back back there. But he, I'm one of the he's. You one of the she's. I'm one of the ones who will endure, 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 
some opposition. Some resistance. It, it's, I, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, Holy Spirit, I heard that one. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. He who endures to the end shall be saved. Uh, there's a scripture. 2 Timothy 4. I just, I just heard that word endure just leapt in my spirit. Just they had to endure. Now remember what's happening. What did he say back here? He said the love is waxing cold. But what did he say before that? Why is this happening? Because many deceivers, many false prophets are deceiving many. There is many false prophets are deceiving many. Love is, wax, uh, love is waxing cold. Uh, lawlessness is abounding. Love is waxing cold. But he who endures to the end. Now watch 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Paul talking to the preacher. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearance in his kingdom. Listen to every one of you preachers in here. Every one of you flight team leaders. Every one of you parents, preach the word. Oh, Jesus. This is taking a different turn than I was planning on here. Preach the word. You ought to holler back at me. Preach the word, Pastor. <laughs> now, why does Paul have to tell a preacher to preach the word? I mean, come on. He's a preacher, look, one day he's a preacher. What else is gonna, what's a preacher gonna do? Well, a preacher can be tempted because of the size of the crowd. Because of the size, maybe, of his need to deviate from preaching the word into preaching fables, into preaching old wives' tales into preaching tradition, into preaching humanism. So Paul has to tell a preacher, boy, this is, um, this is good preaching. This is just for me and you tonight. Preach the word, Edward. Be ready. In season and? Oh, I mean, out of season, that means there's going to be a season, a time when it ain't, it ain't, it ain't popular. <laughs> Be ready in season and out of season. Convince. Uh oh, you don't like this next one right here. Rebuke. No, we didn't do that. No, you don't dare rebuke nobody. Don't dare tell anybody, hey, that's wrong. Don't dare correct anything. Don't, don't, listen, if you, if you want to make sure you keep your congregation right, don't say anything about anything. I'm just telling you how, how it functions today. Just don't say, just be, just be right here. Just preach right here. Surfacey, just preach right on the surface. Isn't the Lord good? Isn't he wonderful? I was just thinking the other day about how good the Lord is. Isn't he great? He loves you. He knows you keep messing up. He knows you keep sinning. But it's okay. Just 
He loves you. It's not your fault anyhow. Rebuke. Thank you, Lord. Exhort. That means to strongly admonish, to push people past their comfort zone. An exhort is like a, a personal trainer when you're working out. Ain't that right, Barbara? Ain't that right, Gigi? They'll, they'll make you want to throw up if they exhort you strong enough. No pain? <laughs> right? Exhort with all long suffering and and what? Teaching. Teaching? You mean I just got to break the scripture down? You mean I got to actually use more than one verse? People today, they'll open the, open the Bible. We're going to read and we're going to preach on, boom, read one verse, close the Bible, and then, no, he said teach. Now watch this. You ready for this? Are you ready back for this back there in the back? For the time will come. Uh, ain't the Bible a right? I believe we're living in this time, Mother Garrett. Right now, it says, for the time will come when they will not, will not, will not endure sound. So the preacher has to preach sound doctrine. But he says they won't endure that, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves, teachers. No one of the, false, the many false prophets can easily deceive many. No one of the many false, that's why it's many, because they're heaping them up. Matter of fact, heaping up, they're, they're not only heaping up, they're hoisting, they're helping, they're pushing forward. These are the men you got to hear. These are the women you got to hear. Fastest growing, most popular. It says they will heap up for themselves. Yeah, they got pastor in the wars now. And a war for a pastor? I don't even, I don't even understand how they got awards for best choirs. I mean, who's the judge? Y'all, some of y'all mad. Y'all music people getting mad. <laughs> who's the judge? I mean, who, the best worship? What? Who's the judge? Who judged? God? You mean God told y'all who, who was the best? We voted from the academy. We voted. Oh, y'all the judge of praise and worship now. Now that that wouldn't be so bad if the fact that now we judging now we got best preachers. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh it absolutely exists. Absolutely. What what's happening? People are heaping up for themselves teachers. Keep going. Verse four, I believe, adds that. Verse 4, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. 
Now, you know what a fable is, right? Fable is a false story. It's not true. It's a tale. But a fable generally has uh, at least some representation. It, it resembles something that could be true. Uh, generally, uh, just enough. So people are turning aside from the truth and turning away from the truth and turning aside to fables. So you understand then what Jesus says, but they who endure, endure what? They got to endure sound doctrine. They got to endure the, 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 the teaching. They endure reproving. They endure rebuking. They endure correction. They endure instruction in righteousness. They endure just, hey, tell me how it is. Be straightforward with me, Pastor. Straight, no chaser. Don't, 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 don't sugarcoat it. Just tell me how it is. Don't tell me I'm, I'm great when I'm not great. We got a thing now. We, we like to say, well, God's not mad at you. Well, how come the Bible keeps talking about that we're being saved from the wrath to come? What is wrath? We are being saved. You read 1 Thessalonians 4, you read about we're being saved from the wrath to come. Wrath to come. There's wrath coming? That means God's got to be at least a little, a little ticked about something. <laughs> it's something that's bothering him to be bringing wrath. But we are those who endure. We are those who we can take it. Yes. We love the truth. Everybody say, we love the truth. We love the truth. Come on, say it again. I love the truth. I love, the truth. I love sound doctrine. I love, sound I love teaching. I love say, I love, the word. I love the word. Glory to God. Go back to Matthew 24. I'm not even getting halfway where I want to get to tonight. Matthew 24. I, I, I just I yield to the Holy Ghost, though. Matthew 24, go back to verse 12, please. Glory to God. Matthew 24 and verse 12. He said, because lawlessness will abound. Everybody say lawlessness. lawlessness. It will abound. So notice here, in King James says, iniquity will abound. So I want you to see something that even Pastor Kim would, would, would allude to on Sunday, there's a culture of sin. The culture of iniquity is out here. And that's what Jesus said would happen. Now I wonder if we look at our world, do we see a culture of iniquity now? Whereas things I remember when I was a little boy, Things that you wouldn't even utter. There are things you wouldn't even hear. Things that wouldn't even we wouldn't even bring up. Things that uh, not not I don't I don't just mean in the church. You wouldn't even bring them bring them up in they in the world. I mean I grew up I grew up you know Dick Van Dyke he and his wife slept in separate beds on TV. Saint they're married and and Fred and and Wilma and 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 Barney and Betty. Am I right about this here? 
Lucy. They went and married. No, I don't, I'm not saying that was right. Because my parents slept in the same bed. But on, on TV, this is what they, they were so protective of the culture. But now? Now? What I, what I just want you to see is that, that now there is a culture of iniquity. So much so that in today's culture, now they call right wrong and call wrong right. If you're right, you're some kind of weirdo, some extremist who get on out of here, go somewhere with that. That's why the Lord, he impressed it upon me the other day, last Friday, I'm out there working in the yard, and I just, it was just impressed upon me to, to, to in this, for this ministry and for my life and my family to create a culture, to, to foster a culture of holiness. Man, holiness is still right. Holiness is God's way, that's right. Follow peace with all men, the Bible says, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. So without holiness, you're not going to see God? It didn't say without church membership. It said without holiness. So God is still after holiness. Does anybody agree with me today? Holiness has to mean, you know, you, the ladies got their they skirts down to the angle. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. Holiness is, is literally, literally to be one mind with God. So you're, 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 you're walking with God so closely that whatever he says, do, you do. Whatever he says, don't do, you don't do. Whatever is righteous in his eyes is righteous in your eyes. Whatever is wicked in his eyes is wicked in your eyes. That you, because of your lifestyle, now become an abomination to the wicked. So what the Bible said, we read it in Proverbs every month. The righteous are an abomination to the wicked, and the wicked are an abomination to the righteous. That we become so against the grain that we just don't fit in anymore. Now, it doesn't mean you and I got to be uh, obnoxious and mean and unloving. And I'm not talking about, not, we don't have to become ugly or unfashionable either. I was, gonna, I was just going to say, because the way I grew up, it the, the seemed like holiness meant ugliness. Peg, am I right about you? You will you, you grow up, man. You, all this just been ugly. So you, 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 you didn't look, you weren't dressed nice. Your hair was in this, this no makeup. All right, that, that's, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Face turned up like pruned up. I mean, it's just, I'm a holy woman of God. Praise God, woman of God. So I want you to see here lawlessness abounding. So a culture of iniquity will cause love to wax cold. 
So what happens is, Jesus said this about us, that we are in this world, but we're not of this world. The problem is, if, because we're in this world, if we keep trying to buddy up with the world, then we become, then we become part of that culture, and that culture becomes part of us. So we're, whereas we're supposed to be counterculture, now we're actually part of the culture. And what happens is it causes our love for God and the things of God to grow cold. It didn't, it, Jesus, I believe Jesus Christ over, over you. So if he says the love of money will, he didn't say might. He didn't say could. He didn't say can. He said it will. This is a declarative statement. It will grow cold. <laughs> he said the law, the law, because lawlessness, lawlessness will abound. So he was already prophesying that there's going to come a time when lawlessness would, is going to abound. And in that kind of culture, love would grow cold. So I'm not shocked by what I see. I'm just saddened by it. Because it affects people I know and love. And I see them just drift off. And grow cold. Give me the same verse, please. Uh, verse 12 and 13 in the Passion Translation. Man, man, man. Are y'all okay? Y'all yes, still love me? Y'all yes, love me online out there? Did y'all turn me off? Y'all still out there? All right. I see you. I see you. Okay. I, hey. All right, he says, <laughs> there will be such an increase of sin. How many times do we read the paper, hear the news, or read, uh, listen to watch the news, and we're like, people, people are crazy, people doing all kind of stuff, right? And, and I'm, I'm going to admit it, in, in me, when I see that stuff, I'm like shocked. And when I read this, I'm like, why are you shocked? And yet I'm still shocked. <laughs> Increase of sin. And lawlessness, lawlessness, now watch what it says here. Can, can you read it with me here? That those whose hearts once burned. So those we're talking about here with passion for God. Remember, remember when you first got saved? Remember when you, boy, you, boy, you was on fire? Oh my God, I feel like, I feel like, boy, all the weight of the world went all lifted off my shoulders. I was like, oh my God, I feel like a brand new person. Oh my God, I just want to tell everybody about Jesus. I just got born again. Come on, remember? Y'all remember? Oh my God. And it's interesting because other, other Christians will tell you that, you know, It'll, it'll kind of come down after a while. Huh? Other Christians will, will, will help you uh, quench your fire. 
Oh, you got all that excitement. That's all that, that new believe excitement. Look at you. Look at you. All that new believe excitement. Just, just give them a couple, couple weeks. Give them a few weeks. Give them a couple years. It'll, it'll, they'll, they'll calm down. Don't worry about it. They'll calm down. They're just excited. They're excited. You remember when you were excited. They'll, oh, yeah, they'll, they'll calm down. But why? My wife and I have been married. It'll be this May 27th. It'll be 19 years we've been married. I don't love her less today than I did 19 years ago. I love her more today. We were sitting in the restaurant last night. I was just looking at her. I'm like, look at her. She caught me. I'm looking at her. I'm like, man, I love my wife. You know what I'm saying? It didn't, it didn't wear off after a year. And she never died for me. She didn't give me life. She does great things, but she ain't, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Nobody. So why do Christians encourage, encourage or prophesy over other Christians that it'll wear off after a while? You know why? Because it's happened to them. It's happened in their own lives. What's happened, they've worn off. Well, why, pray tell, has their, has their love worn off? It's because they were, when they first got saved, they were all excited and they were just nobody but Jesus. And they were just all in the word and just all praise. But then they kind of slipped right back into the culture, that culture of sin, that culture of lawlessness and their love started to wax cold. This making sense to you? Okay, I better go back to something we said a couple Sundays ago. I don't want you thinking about somebody else. Now I know you can't help it. I, I know, I know you can't help it. I know, I know this, you can't help but think about people that you know, like, man, they that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, okay, and that and that's cool. That's cool. You can think about other people. But I I don't want you to exclude yourself or or to give yourself a pass. I want every one of us to check our own selves. That what we read that scripture said uh, in verse 2 John 1 8, look to yourselves. Okay, so watch this here. So there'll be such an increase of sin and lawlessness that those whose hearts once burn with passion for God and others will grow cold. Verse 13. But keep your hope to the end, and you will experience life and deliverance. Life and deliverance. Wow. I'll take that. I'll take that. Now let, let's 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 upgrade our understanding of of to the end. I don't want you to think about to the end as when Jesus comes or when you go to heaven and get your reward. I want you to think of to the end when the Bible says when when Paul says uh, you're now receiving the end of your faith. You're now. So the end of your faith is called manifestation. The end of your faith is called manifestation. You release your faith for something. You, through your words, actions, see, whatever it is, you made a move, you took actions towards receiving something, and boom, you, you, you kept the faith, you stayed in patience, you kept your hope up, you kept your joy up, and all of a sudden, bam, here comes your manifestation. There it is. You've received the end of your faith. So he says here, but keep your hope to the end. Keep your hope up till you manifest. 
and you'll receive, you'll experience life and deliverance. Is this helping anybody tonight besides me? Besides me. It's helping me. Because I didn't plan on any of this. This is all the Holy Ghost is talking to us on the spur of the moment here. I believe the Holy Ghost is really correcting uh, the remnant. Everybody say the remnant. You understand, you understand what a remnant is? You know, you go and buy carpet, and you know, and they put in carpet. And we, we used to go, my wife and I remember, we, we were first in our first little house, and we were trying to, you know, uh, put carpet in the house. We didn't go to the store and say, hey, we, want, we need, you know, 13 square yards of, you know, 50. we said, well, y'all, y'all got some remnants? Because the remnant was a leftover. And they, 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 that was a cut rate price because it was a leftover. You know, in the same book of Revelation, when Jesus talked to those seven churches, mm-hmm. one of them, he says, strengthen that which remains. Tonight, I'm strengthening those who remain. My message to the whole body of Christ is to strengthen that which remains. If you haven't quit, if you're not going anywhere, I'm going to endure to the end, then God said, I want you to strengthen that which remains. You can't, you can't stop other people if they want to quit. You try to reach and save them, but if they, don't you drown. Don't you drown trying to save them. We used to sing like this, throw out the lifeline. <laughs> Someone drifting away, right? I'll throw out the lifeline, I'll try to pull you in, but if you insist on drowning, then I got to... Knock you out and move on. <laughs> he used to be a lifeguard. Lifeguard, they were taught. Don't let somebody kill you trying to save their life. I'll knock you out and let you drown before I let you kill me. Before I give you some of the oil of my vessel and then I don't have enough oil for myself. <laughs> Glory to God. Go back to um, Hebrews 2. I'm going to try to get a little bit further here tonight. I'll get a little bit further. Just a little bit. Y'all got room for a little bit more? Y'all sure you have room for a little bit more? Y'all just saying that. You came for the word. That's what I wanted to hear. That's what I wanted to hear. Hebrews 2 verse 1. We've been looking at this here the last week or so. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. So what do you think was happening when we saw back in Matthew 24, those people who were getting deceived? They were not giving heed to what they had already heard. Paul told Timothy something like this one time. He said, he said, Paul, he said, Timothy. You know my faith. You know my work. You know my ministry. In other words, he was saying Timothy was being inundated. He knew, he knew that these Judaizers and all these other people were trying to come and, and infiltrate the church and tell Timothy all kind of stuff, get Timothy off track. He said, Timothy, hey, t- hey, Timothy, you know me. You know my ministry. You've watched my life. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
I'm talking to y'all like Paul talking to Timothy. You know me. You know me. You know my life. You've been able to watch me for years out front. Never tried to cheat you or trick you. Never tried to steer you wrong. You ain't never heard about no scandal. No, you ain't never caught me in no, I know parking lot hugged up with nobody but my wife. <laughs> Y'all hear what I'm saying to you? You know me. But what happens is people, people will jump on somebody because, oh, they, they can say it, and you don't know them people. So these deceivers deceive many because the people have not, are not giving more earnest heed to what they have heard. You've been taught, and I can say this unequivocally, you've been taught well. Thank you, thank you, Kirkland. Thank you, sir. Here, y'all go get some ice cream, Kirkland. Here, come here. Come here, Kirkland. Y'all go. Here, go. Take, take your wife. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get some, let's get some ice cream on me. Thank you. He's clapping. That's my son. So give earnest heed, more earnest heed to what you've heard. That means, that implies that you're going to hear all kind of other stuff. But give more earnest heed to what you've heard. Did you catch that? You will hear other stuff, but pay more attention to what you have heard. Because you have already heard the truth. What you're hearing is to get, gets to pull you away from the truth. But don't go with that. Stick with what you have heard. If I've ever stood you wrong, show it to me. It would have been ignorance, pure ignorance. Definitely not by, by my intention to steer you wrong or anything. And furthermore, I've always said, I mean, I get, I get, Ridicule because we use so much scripture. They use so much scripture. Okay, well, you want me to prove the Bible by the Bible or you want my opinion? What you want? My opinion ain't worth a hill of beans. And neither is yours. So let's stick with the word of God. Y'all got it? So give more than he's the things you've heard, lest, at, lest we drift away. Give me, can you give me that in the King James? Because the King James says a little different, different too. I keep that keeps coming up in me. King James, glory to God, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It talks about giving more in his heat as, as well, but it says something different at the end here. <clears throat> it says therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time. That's the part I want. Lest at any time. That means at any time you could drift. At any time you could slip. At any time. And guess what? The devil is always looking for the right time. Oh, you catch what I'm saying? To you. He's looking. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Help me. He's looking always for the right time to get you to hear the wrong thing. It's, but it's going to sound like the right thing. It's going to be the wrong thing, but it's going to, 
it's going to sound like the right thing. He's going to bring it at the right time. The right, he's going to bring the right word at the right time, really the wrong word at the right time. He's going to bring the right word at the right time to get to pull you away. And that time is always going to be a time like, well, uh, you offended by something. You offended by something. And then all of a sudden, now you, you listening for something to validate your offense. Go searching for it. YouTube it. Type in tithe. I've been, I've been, I've been walking with God 30 years. 30 years. I've seen a lot of stuff. Seen a lot of people get sucked right out. Right out. I don't just mean when I'm pastoring, talk about even before I was pastoring, get, just get sucked right out because a fence got in or they, had, they were angry about something or, you know, the first lady said something or the, the, one of the mothers of the church said something about, about oh, you shouldn't be wearing pants. This is how it was in my church. I was grew up. Mother of the church said something. Come on, Peggy, you know what I'm talking about. Said something about you wearing pants. The girl was there. Said something about you wearing pants and now all of a sudden you Google pants. And now you got to find every, you're going to find all kinds of stuff to validate how you feel. The devil's going to make sure you hear the right word, which is really the wrong word, at the right time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Lest at any time. Or he'll use, he'll use a time when you're feeling good about yourself. Feeling good, you got a little progress. You got a little manifestation. You're moving along. You get a miracle and you didn't even fast. You get a manifestation and you didn't even pray three hours. All of a sudden, he'll make sure you hear a word about all oh, that's works. You don't need to do praying and fasting no more. To validate. Oh, yeah. Oh, you skipped two, two services. And four people in church ask you, hey, brother, how you doing? We hadn't seen you in a couple weeks. And now, stop. Dog. <laughs> and the devil makes you hear a word about, oh, we don't need, a, we don't need all that church. We don't, you don't have to be there all the time. Less at any time. He's finding the right time. He knows, he knows when you and I are primed and ready for the word, for the wrong word. <laughs> Less at any time we should let them slip. No, this is this is Paul talking to believers who he presumes are maturing in faith, maturing in the things of God. But yet he says, even you and your maturing self, caught at the right moment, the right time, you can still slip. How you know? Because there are people who've walked with God 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 
40 years and walked away. How could you walk away? You've been serving God 40 years. Are you crazy? All it took was them to get enough of the wrong word at the right time. And those words affected that thought life. They took those thoughts. And all of a sudden, I'm gone. Oh, man. Oh, man, 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 man. Uh, go, go, to, uh, go to Mark 4. Go to Mark 4. <laughs> I'm just deviating from the notes because the Holy Ghost is telling me to. Pastor Kim mentioned this on Sunday. I just want to go back to it. Matthew, uh, Mark 4. Mark 4. Less at any time. Give more than his heed, Christopher. Why? Because the devil's going to make sure you hear something different. So I got to give more than his heed to what I've heard. You can't help hearing stuff. You're going to hear stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm so adamant about, about protecting what I hear, protecting my culture, though, that if I hear something and it starts going left, click, click. I don't care if you're on the radio, on the TV, on YouTube, whatever, click, click. No, I can't, I can't, I can't allow mixed seed into my field. Remember what the Bible said about that in Leviticus. You allow mixed seed in your field, you forfeit all the crop. You'll lose what you've already, already earned. Well, it don't matter if I hear this, I hear this. I just, I just, like, I just like, 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 like listen to everybody. Fool. Mixed seed. Yeah. You get a little bit of doubt and unbelief. A little bit of faith, a little bit of grace, a little bit of angelology. Ain't nothing wrong with angelology. angelology. Nothing wrong with grace if it's taught properly. But I'm talking about when you start mixing two different types. When you read that about in the Bible about not mixing two different seeds in your field, in the same context of that, it talks about not mixing two fabrics together. They say you, you, you don't wear cotton and, and linen. You don't, can't wear linen and wool. It didn't even bring up poly and ester. We're just talking about natural. Because poly and ester weren't even around then. I'm talking about natural. You couldn't mix cotton and wool or wool and linen. You couldn't mix those. You couldn't wear those in the same uh, garment. You couldn't weave them together. It also mentioned that in that same uh, context uh, that you couldn't, you couldn't yoke a, a donkey and an ox together. That's, that's, that's what, where we get the, the scripture that in, in New Testament that says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. It, it points back to that scripture where it says you can't connect an ox and a donkey together. They don't mix. They don't work at the same rate, the same pace. 
donkey. With an ox, that don't make any sense. It's also within that same text where it says, don't breed two different species of animals together. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all don't want to talk about that. But, but now we have, we have ligers. Lions and tigers, we're, we're mixing breeds, mixing species. And the Bible said, don't do that. Are they doing it? Well, why are they doing it? Because we're in a culture of iniquity. A culture of lawlessness. Forget what the law of God said. Forget his sanitary laws. Forget his hygiene laws. Forget all his laws. We're not under the law. Yeah, you're not under the law anymore. But these laws, these principles, these practices were for our safety. They're for our safety. Uh, where did I tell y'all go? Mark 4. So less than any time, we let them slip. All right? Now, I told you, you're going to hear. You've got to give more earnest heed to what you've heard because the devil's going to try to make sure you hear something at the right time. So I want to just show you in Mark 4, I went over here, because I want, I want, I want you to see, like we should have seen Sunday, that the enemy... He knows the end of your faith. He knows if you keep your hope to the end, what's going to happen. He knows what happens to those who endure to the end. So notice what he does here in Mark 4. You see this parable here about the grounds? Verse uh, 14, the sower sows the word. Now we see the four grounds, right? Verse 15, these are the ones sown by the wayside when they... Where, where the word is sown, when they hear. When they heard, now they're hearing the word. Who comes? Satan. When? Immediately. Who comes? Satan. When? Immediately. Immediately to do what? He, he, is, he is adamant. He is, he is relentless. He is, he's on, on the ball. He don't even want you to get the word to even get planted or, or even, even rooted in your heart. So notice this wayside ground, he comes right away. Bam! Remember what we read? Less at any time. Remember that? Less at any time. So first thing here, when the word is first sown, he comes right away to get you to let it slip. That means you can hear the word right here tonight. Like y'all, y'all listening? Some folk ain't listening. I know. I'm just telling you. They ain't paying me no attention at all tonight. But so what happened is the devil is taking the word right away. You don't even, you don't even make it out the building with the word. You're wayside. Some of y'all sitting right up here. You're wayside. Yeah, you're paying no attention to what I'm saying. I just got to tell you what it, what it is. You're wayside. You, you, are, you, are pay, you are giving me no heed. Why? The devil's coming right away and taking the word. Now watch. Watch. Because it said less at any time. Now watch the next one. Like These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Praise God. I got it. And they have no root in themselves and so 
And so, endure. Now, Jesus said those who endure to the end. But these are only enduring for a time afterward when or why? Who is it from? Satan. It's the same culprit. Remember, it less at any time. See, with the first group, he got them before they walked out the door. And, and, and I'm not even going to let you get that word. <laughs> I'm protecting my culture. That's what she taught on Sunday. And the devil's protecting his culture. I ain't going to let you even get this word here. But then some, he says, all right, you got it. Okay, I slipped up on you. I'll let you get it. I'll let you. You, you got it. You got it. Now I'm going to let you go, and then I'm going to let you, you know, get it rooted and get all excited and everything. But I'm, I'm coming. I'm, I'm looking for the right time. I'm looking for the right. I'm waiting on the right moment. One magic moment. I'm going to find the right. Oh, I see a. Oh, I got in there. And I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring tribulation or persecution to you. Oh, for that. It's the same word, say. And it says, watch what it says. Immediately, immediately they stumble. Sometimes I just say they are offended. Here it says, they stumble. They slipped. They slipped. Remember, less at any time. All right, so we go on. We go on. Okay, I, did, I endured persecution. But let's keep going here. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, implied, receive it with gladness too, just like the last group. And then it says, and the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches and desire of other things entering in, choke the word and it becomes. This is over time. It, it was fruitful, which means they had manifestation. But the devil waited on that perfect moment. Oh, I see a little opening. And they heard a word. Now, the word they had heard was producing the manifestation. But then they heard some other words. It's mixed seeds. And the other words begin to choke out the word that was producing, and now they become or it becomes unfruitful. Now, let, I want you to see what the devil's scared of. He's scared of the next people. But the one sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Here's what that joker is deathly afraid of. 34, 64, and 100-fold manifestation on the word of God. He's afraid of you getting that. That's why he's, he's just looking for the opportune time to get, you, to get in there and cause you to slip up. So we got to be watchful. We got to be watchful. So, in other words, my, my point is, I don't want you to think, well, hey, I've been running a long time. I ain't, I ain't, got, I ain't got tired yet, and it ain't never going to. Okay, okay, I, I got you. But give, give me uh, Galatians uh, 6 and verse 1. Galatians 6, verse 1. Give me that real quick. Brother, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. Huh? What? Now he says you who are spiritual. Spiritual means you already mature. He said, but you better check yourself, Mr. Mature. 
sister mature, lest you also. So no one is immune from this. You have to constantly, this is why, I'm, let me finish here and close, I'm out of time. This is why Hebrews 2 verse 1 says, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Lest we drift away. Because it can happen to anybody. Bishop so-and-so. Come on, right? Bishop so-and-so was doing good, progressing, man, making all kind of, you know, moves and doing all kind of great stuff. And all of a sudden, somebody came in and said, Bishop, Bishop, I got a plan that I think will make everybody in your church rich in the next year. I got a little business. And what I'm going to do, Bishop, if you push everybody through my business, I'm going to get you a little cut. Y'all don't know nothing about that stuff, see? I'm going to make sure, Pastor, we, uh, Bishop, we're going to take care of you. We're going to take care of you, Bishop. I know a guy right now, right in this city, right now. Right now, he got a deal. I'm going to just tell it. I ain't going to call his name, so you don't worry about it. He got a deal with a used car lot that his church pushes all of the members through his used car lot through this other guy's used car lot, and as a result, the pastor always, every six months or a year, he gets another car. You playing, right? Oh, I, I, you know him. I, I can tell, I'll tell you when we get home. <laughs> See, so it doesn't matter what level you achieve. If you're not careful, watchful, Giving more earnest heed. The devil comes with a deal. Hey, I got a deal, boy. This is a deal for you. This is a wonderful opportunity, Rip. Remember, remember a few years ago, this church got caught up. One church here in St. B got caught up with uh, miracle cars. The church don't even exist anymore. It, it, it tore the whole church down. Miracle cars. Some guy came in. We got miracle cars for everybody. All your members are going to get miracle cars. And all they got to do is send us $4,000 a piece and whatever. The, oh, miracle cars. What? Yeah, you're going to get Lexus, BMWs, Mercedes Benz. Oh, everybody going everybody gonna to drive. Yeah, that's like a good deal. Slip. Endure sound doctrine. Endure sound doctrine. I understand. I'm done. You may not have the most exciting, eloquent preacher in the world, the most entertaining preacher in the world, but you have one that, if it means my life, I'm going to give you the straight word. I'm going to give you the straight word. And if you'll hear it, and if you'll heed it, Might not be exciting to begin with, but boy, when you get the manifestation that comes in your life from enduring sound doctrine, some of y'all, you already seeing it, you already getting it, you all like, this is good, I ain't going, I ain't going nowhere, Pastor, I ain't going nowhere. Okay, good. That's what we need. Amen.
Man, I ain't get past my, I ain't nowhere near my introduction. But y'all got it. Y'all come back Sunday. Yeah, because what I, this other stuff, I need, I need all the Sunday people to be here too. Yeah, I need, that's good, Holy Ghost. I need the Sunday people to be here because they need this part right here. Amen. Amen. Give God a big hand of praise tonight if you receive the word. Come on, if you're charged up, if you're charged up and you're on fire, give God a praise for about it, for it, hallelujah. Let God know for the next minute, God, I'm with you. I'm with you, Lord. I'm not going to, I'm not turning to the right, to the left. I'm not going to serve another God, but you, Lord, you're my God, my Father. Your word is right. Your word is truth. Your truth endures all generations, oh God. I'm going to stick with your word. I'm going to endure sound doctrine. I'm going to give heed to your word. Lord, if we're drifting, we ask you, God, to sound the alarm in our spirits. God, we... God, it, it, it grieves us as well to see so many people who we know and love who have drifted away from the things of God, who their love and their passion for you has waxed cold. But Lord, we're not surprised because Jesus said it would happen. It's just further evidence that this Bible is true, every part of it. It's totally true. But God, yet we pray for them. We pray that they would return. We pray that they would find their way back to you. We pray that, Father, that, Lord, that that darkness that has blanketed their minds and their hearts will be lifted from them tonight, 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 in the name of Jesus, that those who are prisoners of darkness right now will be liberated by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. We pray that God, you sent for the laborers even into the harvest to, Lord, to gather again those who once walked with you, Lord, in such a strong way. We know that your word says among the living there is hope. So, Lord, even as long as they're living, God, there is hope for them to return, Lord. And we pray that, God, that they would come before they reach that place of being reprobate. Where they've totally abandoned you with no plan for return. We, 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 in our spirits, God, we call their names. In our, in our homes, we call their names. You know who they are. You know those ones we love and we are praying for, Lord. We're seeking your face and ask you, Lord, to help them, Lord, to guide them back to you, Lord, to, to draw them. Even, Lord, by your goodness, lead them to repentance. Show them your goodness in a way that they have uh, no explanation, but it had to be you, Lord. Do something to God, God that they cannot explain in the natural whatsoever. To remind them of your goodness and your love and your care for them. To remind them, Lord, that you have a plan for, your, for their lives and you did not change your plan. That your gifts and callings are without repentance. Draw them back to yourself. And Father, we take heed to ourselves. We look to ourselves so that we don't lose what we've worked for. We don't want to slip. We guard our hearts, we guard our thoughts, our minds, we guard our lives 
God, we yield ourselves to you wholeheartedly. We will follow you each and every day. Now, I pray that each person tonight who's been a part of this service here present, Lord, and those watching online, that, Lord, your word would, has fallen not on wayside ground, but that it falls on good ground. Wherever there are stones, we remove the stones. Wherever there are thorns and thistles, Lord, we remove those thorns and thistles, those things that hinder and come in and choke the word out. Show us in our lives those things that are causing the word to be unfruitful. Lord, we, we expect to manifest in every area of our lives. We expect to manifest every bit of this word. So show us where the thorns are that are choking out the word. We'll remove them so that we can begin to produce a hundredfold return on the word. Father, I pray tremendous blessings upon these, your people. Even tonight, as we prepare to leave this place, we pray that, God, your anointing will just be strong in our lives, that your power will be strong in our lives, your grace will be upon us, your grace which is sufficient for us, Lord. Let it abound in our lives. Cause us, God, to walk in your, in your perfect, Lord, order, to walk in your, in your plan, the path you have prepared for us, the good life you've already prearranged and made ready for us to live. I speak blessing upon every household, upon every family, upon every business, upon everything that pertains to us tonight, every marriage, every parent, every child. I speak the blessing of the Lord. May, may we increase more and more. May we live in divine health and divine prosperity, Lord. Divine life, let it search through us. Let the divine nine gifts of the Spirit operate in our lives, O oh God. Use us everywhere we go as evangelists in this world to minister to people and bring them out of darkness into your marvelous light. God, we surrender our lives to you to be used every day. For these things, we will continue to give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. We pray. We believe we receive in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you tonight. We pray that you will go out and enjoy all the goodness of